Hello, hello. Welcome back to my Big Sisters podcast. I'm your host, Tina Kay. I'm already fidgeting. Um, what are we going to do today? I had so many ideas in my head that I was like, you know, when you have too much going on, and you're like, can't even focus in on one thing. So I turned to my focus group, which is you guys on Instagram and asked, you know, what do you want to hear about? A lot of it was dating advice, by the way. <laughs> A lot of you guys love my dating advice. I don't know why. So I'll save that for a different episode because I have to collect things like dating advice takes a little bit long because the the inquiries and the submissions are usually paragraphs long. Um, and I just didn't prepare. What was I doing this weekend? Oh, I'll tell you what I was doing. Anyway, let's do a drink check. I think I forgot last week. I have iced coffee. I made my own, my own cold brew. I told you I make it. It's on the Amazon list. If you share is fucking crying, bitch, you driving me nuts lately. Um, it's on the Amazon list. I made my own cold brew. I used Folgers. And then in the part where you put the coffee grinds, I put honey and vanilla extract, bitch. It's fucking good. I made a good cold brew. It's like better than when I get it at Starbucks. Sorry, sometimes Starbucks cold brew is very, like cold brew is different from iced coffee, okay? The cold brew sometimes comes out bitter. Like if they use too much coffee and it sits too long, it tastes tastes bitter like asparagus. This one was good. I did it right. I've also been baking my own bread, bitch. Okay, remind me to circle back to that. And I also have an iced water. I don't know what happened to me last night. I don't know if my sugar dropped, but out of nowhere, I was, I started shaking. Like, I think I was going to faint and I don't know why. So today I was like, let me have a fucking green shake and some iced water and, you know, cut the shit with eating sweets and whatever. Like I said, I'm not, don't care about the weight loss, not trying to do all that counting calories. It's little things like I'm 31, like eat a little cleaner, go to the gym, <laughs> make sure you stretch. It's shit like that. And last night, I think I was going to faint, honestly. I think I think yesterday I didn't eat as much as I thought I did. And I was doing a lot in my room. I got up too quick and boom, that was it. Like I was shaking. So I made something quick to eat and then I felt better. But still today I'm like, let me have some greens and water. <laughs> and water and not just caffeinated beverages. What was I going to circle back to? Oh, I started baking bread, bitch. So I saw a TikTok, right? My, do you hear her bugging out? It's because I'm getting deliveries. I saw a TikTok, basically how my life is going. (laughs) Saw TikTok changes your life. Um, I saw TikTok about making bread and it looks so easy. I, You know I like to bake. I love to bake. I don't do it all the time anymore just because sometimes I don't love it. The standing and the cleaning afterwards really piss me off. But I do like throwing together a little bit of, of a recipe. The house smells good. It's warm. And I love giving it away. The house was freezing. Okay. We can't keep the heat that high because we have share. She's double coat. Chow chows are always hot. They can't get too hot. I keep it cold for her. I never acclimated her to anything over 67 degrees. So you know how over the week, I'm in New York, by the way. I don't know where you guys are listening, um, but New York was very cold over the weekend. Right now it's Monday. It got very fucking cold. 
So when it's cold, cold, it gets even colder in here because we don't spike the heat up. But still, I was fucking freezing. I was like, I need to bake something. <laughs> you know, I carry around my space heater room to room. I was like, let me bake something. And I feel like, I don't know, is this a thing? Maybe because it's new. Like, I don't know. But I feel like houses are draftier. Is that like an insult? I feel like you're not supposed to say that. But I don't know. I feel like they are. I'm an apartment person. I've been in, I was living in an apartment for years before an apartment. Um, I lived in houses, but they were condos. Like when I lived at home, we had a condo. It wasn't like a standalone home. I stand by this. I think standalone homes, no matter what, are fucking drafty. Unless you buy like doorstopper things for every little nook and cranny. And when I tell you everything is renovated, this is not an old home. Everything is brand new. Still drafty, bitch. I don't know what that's about. (laughs) I don't know if it's like cheap. I don't think it's cheap construction, but I'm not about to go down that hole. But still, it gets fucking drafty. So I think baking will warm up the house. And I have a fireplace. It's a working fireplace. It's It works. I am scared to use it, okay? <laughs> Just like I'm scared to have candles. I'm scared to use a fireplace. I'd rather walk around with my space heater. And um, I'll, un- I'll literally unplug it when I'm done using it. It's never left on. I don't forget it. I move it with me around. It's never just left on. So I'd rather that than have a whole fucking... I w- if I had the fireplace going, I wouldn't leave the fireplace. Like that's just too much of a commitment for me. So anyway, I got into baking again. Baking bread specifically. I saw a TikTok about how easy it is to make a peasant bread. Um, Don't love the name. <laughs> Why are we peasants if we make bread? But okay. It's so fucking easy, bitch. So I started experimenting and if you're on Staten Island, you know about this location. It's, um, I believe it's the the type of food place is called a cucina. So it's called Royal Crown. You know it if you live on Staten Island. They have a bakery and a cucina. Best bread and food. I stand on that. I know other people are like, no, this place is better. Shut the fuck up. I ate everywhere out here. Born and raised in Staten Island. I think they have the best breads and sandwiches, all of it, the best chicken cutlet. They have a fucking chocolate bread. It usually sells out. It is so good. I think it's listed as a chocolate bagel, but it's really like a loaf of bread. It is so fucking good. It is so fucking good. So it was freezing. I had a lot of the ingredients and making peasant bread is so easy. So I started experimenting. I made my own chocolate bread, bitch. It is so good. You slice, you take a slice and you heat, you, you, um, toast it a little bit with some butter. It's very not healthy. (laughs) Like cholesterol. This is what I mean. I got to watch my cholesterol. Your cholesterol, like if you are on the edge of diabetes or having high cholesterol, high blood pressure, definitely don't try this. But like, if you like to indulge sometimes, it is so fucking good. You toast it a little bit. It's good with um it's good with so many things. You could put anything on it. I love mixing sweet and salty, so I'll have it with an egg, bitch. I'll have it with avocado toast. Anyway, I was baking bread. I now make my own bread. I made regular white bread. I guess that's what you call it, regular white peasant bread. So fucking good. So now I'm making my own bread recipes. That's what I did this weekend. I also started um cleaning out my room again. I do this all the time. 
I do, I do it all the time. I think it's because, and we're going to get into this. So I think today's episode is going to be about influencer. How do you get into influencing? How do you get free PR? Blah, blah, blah. We're going to talk about a little bit about that. I think because I get PR, I'm constantly cleaning out my room because if it's too cluttered, I can't. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, I already took up three rooms in the house. Like all my shit doesn't even fit in my own designated fucking room. And when I lived alone, when we had apartments, it was the same. Like everything just overpowers. There's never enough organization. So I'm constantly having to go through things and get rid of stuff. I never just throw it out though. I always donate. I'll find people who need stuff. I'll find organizations. Everything goes to a good home. But that's what I was doing all weekend because you know when you start a project and you're like, oh, I'll just do this for an hour. (laughs) And then it turns into, it turns into like a two-day thing and my room's still not even done. I'm almost done, but it's still not even done. It's a fucking mess. I have so much shit that I have to go give to people because I made bags of stuff. And it's not that, it's, I don't know what it is. I also think it's a me thing. I I don't know if this is a cancer thing or a Sag moon thing. I don't know what it is, but I'll, I will like something. And then a week later, I don't like it anymore. So I'm constantly have a revolving door. This is why I started buying secondhand or consignment or what's the other words for it? thrift. This is why I started doing that because I was definitely contributing to waste (laughs) by buying from fast fashion and just for, for nothing. Like I still have fucking dresses with tags on them and stuff. I have clothes I've never worn, just stuff with tag brand new. So I started thrifting because I'm like, I'm contributing to fucking waste. If I'm going to act like this, I got to at least source things where I'm not adding and you know, rotating. So I'll give stuff away. I'll sell stuff. And then the things I buy are from somebody else versus a fucking store. Obviously that's not always achievable. Like if there's something specific you want and you can only get it at fast fashion, you need it in time crunch. That's different. You know, I'm not the moral police, but that's how I usually do it. So I don't want you to think like I'm just over here shopping like fucking crazy. (laughs) And I just have a revolving door of shit. I don't. I do my best with, you know, finding a home for stuff. Um, anyway, that's what I was doing. So I didn't like properly prepare for an episode the way I typically do. So today's episode is just going to be like hanging out, like FaceTiming a friend, I guess, or when you call your friend and she doesn't shut the fuck up. I am that friend, by the way. You ask me a question, guess what? 40 voice notes. I don't shut the fuck up, but I do, I don't take it personal if someone doesn't respond. I'm also the type of friend where I'll say something right? Like we can start a conversation and then I don't answer for three days because I'll literally forget. Like I'll send voice notes, share need something. I get a phone call. I got, I check a work email. I start doing something else. Gone from my brain. Gone from my brain. I'm never like, oh my God, they didn't fucking answer me. Never, never. I'll say something. You respond when you're ready. We all have lives. And then I'll get back to you when I'm ready because we we all have lives. <laughs> so I do talk a lot, but I don't take it personal when someone else like can't listen to everything I say. I don't really care. I just, you know, I just always have shit to say. I'm just one of those annoying people. So I didn't properly prepare. Um, so today's episode is just going to be like as if you called me and was like, 
bitch, what goes on with the influencer world? Like, how do you get on PR lists? Like, how did you go to that brand event? Like, how long, what is this? Like, how did you start? That's the type of episode we're going to have today is if you called me and asked me these questions and I'm going to tell you the answer. So I start, some of you have been with me a long time, by the way. I recognize that. I know. I know who's been around a long time. I started back, was it 2015? By the way, I'm still doing that thing where every day I type in the date. The date. So what's today? What's today? February 28th? Let me see. Oh, February 27th. So for an example, you'll go in your phone. If you have an iPhone, you'll go in your phone. I don't know how other phones work, by the way. Maybe you have this feature too, but on iPhone, you go into photos and you type in February 27th. And then if you've had an iCloud for years, it will give you all the pictures on every February 27th for the last few years that you've had your phone. And then you go through the date and delete the bullshit pictures that you don't want anymore And you can also organize your photos into different albums. Listen, one thing about me, I hate looking at old photos. I think because I've had more traumatic experiences versus good experiences. And I also, I don't know, I think my, I think I get triggered visually. No, maybe not. Maybe, maybe that's not the correct thing to say, but looking at old photos makes me reminisce and ruminate and feel sad for maybe things I've lost in the past or situations. And I just try to avoid certain pictures. Like looking at pictures of me very skinny and sickly makes me very sad. Not like, oh my God, I wish I was skinny. No, it makes me like, I feel so bad for her. Like I feel, I just feel so sad. I could still feel the sadness from how sad I was. So I try not to like look at old photos, but then I'm like, I'm 31 now. And there's so many photos in my photo albums that I don't even go back. I don't look at no, before this year, I never looked at old photos ever. So there I'm looking at all of these. Some people look at their old photos every day. That is not me. I don't bring up old stories. I don't bring up people I don't talk to anymore. I don't look at people's Instagrams. I don't look at old photos. I'm the type of person where if the chapter, we're done with that chapter, close the book. Like I am full, when I'm done, I'm done. And I think it's the way that I process things. And I think it's how I deal. It's like an avoidant attachment style or some shit like that. I think it's just the way that I cope with things and mourn. It's just better for me to not even. And it was to a point where if someone even sent me a picture like with them, like say it's from 2016, I, I, I get upset. Like I don't even want to look at it. But I'm also like, that's like fucking dramatic. Like, get over it. So I figured this year is the year where I will do that. I'm going to go through my whole fucking camera roll, bitch. The thing is, I also have, I want to do it anyway because I have so many pictures from being an influencer, from having so many fucking photos and so many fucking, so much content that I have thousands of pictures that don't need to be in my phone. So even if I did want to access a photo to like give an example of something, uh, it takes me forever to find it because I just have so much content. So this is a year I'm facing my fears. <laughs> it's been it's been lovely, by the way. I love it. <laughs> love thinking of all those old memories. But some of it has been kind of nice. Like some of it is not as hard as I thought it would be. So if you're like me, 
start doing it with me. Get up to date. I'm up to February 27th. <laughs> Let's do it together. Um, and I also feel like because I have you guys, which I don't know if that's healthy or not, but I feel like having the podcast is helping me look back at things that I wasn't comfortable doing prior. I think it's having a space to share stories and having purpose with it because this podcast, which I don't forget about, this podcast is really an audio diary for my siblings should they ever want to get to know me for any reason. Um, so share having having a place to even share stories, be reminded of things. It's it's just helpful to have this. So that way if maybe I'm, you know, maybe I saw a few traumatic photos and I'm in a bad place. <laughs> I can come on here and trauma dump on you guys. <laughs> so basically as I'm doing this, I'm finding all of my old influencer photos. And it's remind it's also good too because I'm definitely not the person to like shout my accomplishments. And I I also found recently that a lot of people don't know things about me because I talk about nothing. It's like weird that I even have a podcast, honestly, because I don't say stuff. I don't know why. I think I got so used to being private. I think I got so used to just, um, you know, keeping what's important to me. Pri I am pretty, pr I'm really private. I might talk a lot, but I'm, I don't talk a lot about myself. I do on the podcast, but not not in person. I usually can, I could talk about subjects. I could talk about them. I can offer my input, but as far as like personal stories, I'm trying to get better at that. And because I too forget, I went through a lot of things, but I also did a lot of great things. And I forgot all those things because life just keeps moving. I feel like when you're in survival mode or when you're constantly working or when you're working towards something and my and life moves fast you kind of forget all those things like I'm definitely one of those people I'm not one of those people that's like hey remember hey don't forget I did this too and I'm not one of those people that like yeah I'm just not like that but I feel like maybe there are some things I want to remember and maybe I can grow and learn stuff from looking back because I avoid it a little too much. So that's what I've been doing, okay? So if you want to do it too, do it with me. <laughs> and let me know if you're doing it too. So I told you, you just type in the date. I've been doing that. And another thing that I really, really like is I made an album for everything. So I have an album for share, an album for um, past, like just random shit, like freelance, because I, I do freelance makeup. I've been doing it for years. A freelance portfolio old freelance pictures. You know what I mean? I made an album for literally everything. So if I ever need to access an image, instead of going through the whole camera roll, I'll go to the album since I'm going through and deleting anyways. Anyway, it did remind me of a lot of the accomplishment I, accomplishments I did have. And it's nice to remember, especially when you feel like a fucking loser. Like I can go into the folder of accomplishments and be like, bitch, you did that and you're capable and you can do that. It's like a working, you, you constantly have to remember what you're capable of because when life gets hard it's easy to be like god I'm a fucking loser <laughs> it's hard to remember that but if you have you know if you have at least pictures or something because I don't have none of my accomplishments hanging on the wall but I have pictures of stuff so I now I can go into it and, and remember you know some of the cool stuff I've done 
Anyway, from looking at my old photos, I think I started around 2015. And the way that I started was I worked at Glamour Shots. Glamour Shots. I worked at Glamour Shots from like 16 or 17 till 22, I think. And at Glamour Shots, if you don't know, I feel like a lot of you know, Glamour Shots started a long time before I worked there. And it, it was really well known for those like super glamorous, like you put on a boa and they do your makeup and like the fan blowing and, and you get a beautiful headshot in the mall. Well, it obviously got better over time. Um, and it wasn't just headshots anymore. You can get family photos, baby pictures, um, boudoir photos, which is like Playboy photo type things, like sexy pictures. You can get a couple photos, engagement photos, wedding photos. Like you could do so many different things. And the appeal of it was you have makeup artists there who will do your hair and makeup, not hair as in like cotton color, but just a dry hairstyle, you know, like a little blowout, some nice loose curls and stuff. Um, a professional makeup artist to do your makeup and then a professional photographer to take really nice portraits of you because people don't have nice pictures of themselves. They do now because of iPhones, but this is before like being super narcissistic and self-involved was a trend. Um, People didn't have nice photos of themselves. So you would go to Glamour Shots and get it done. And it was also more affordable than like having a freelance photographer and we did a whole bunch of stuff, but we also retouched the photos. So retouching means like Facetune, right? It means like soften the skin, take out blemishes, blah, blah, blah. Glamour Shots was doing that way before Instagram. So we had um, professional graphic artists who knew how to professionally make the skin look smooth, take out imperfections, remove flyaways. We can make you look thinner. We can... Um, like if your foundation looked a weird shade, we could fix, we can color correct all of it. Basically what you do for mag, what people used to do in magazines, Glamour Shots would, were, was doing for your portraits and your family photos and working there, I learned how to do all of those things. <laughs> I got the job and this is an important detail because it will make sense for everything else. I got the job because I needed a job. I was 16 and I really liked makeup and I always did my own makeup. When I was in school, I would do my friend's makeup. Everything was makeup for me. I just loved it. I loved it even before I got into high school. I would get Allure magazine and in Allure magazine, there was tips like, do you guys remember Allure magazine? There was a page that had like a a four square there was one page that was more so thick, like a postcard, and you could rip it out. What is it called? Preparations or something? I think I'm saying the wrong word, but you get what I mean. You could tear it out and it would have tips. So the front piece would be a beautiful image. And then on the back would be like how to get, how to do your eyeliner like this. I would study that. <laughs> My hyperfixation with makeup started with magazines because I just Loved everything about it. I loved how magazines looked. I loved how the women looked. I loved the creativity with makeup. I loved how makeup made me feel. I loved how it felt like armor, you know? I loved it. So it started then. And then in high school, it continued. And, you know, I needed a job. So my aunt at the time, she was like, well, why don't we look on the Staten Island Mall website? And maybe they're hiring for a makeup artist. 
And we looked it up. So in New York, you do not need a license to be a makeup artist. So I was like, oh, period. (laughs) Because I was going to go to beauty school and, oh, I think that was later. All right, let me not get sidetracked. Anyway, so we did. We went on the Staten Island Mall website and, and there's a section where each store can post if they're hiring. I don't know if they still have it now, but... There was a section and um, we found that Glamour Shots was hiring for a makeup artist. So she was like, go ahead, like go over there and apply. And I literally, there was nothing else to it. I just took myself over there and asked. I think I went to the mall with a friend and I took myself over there and asked for an application. And the boss there, who I'm still friendly with, I'm we're still friends. Um, she She was young and she was the manager and she recognized that I was really young and she, I was like, hi, I want to apply to be a makeup artist. <laughs> she was like, how old are you? And I think I was 16. And she was like, okay, well, fill out the makeup because your makeup looks really good, but I think you're too young. So she wrote on my application 16. Um, I thought that I was able to get a job at 16. I didn't know I had to wait. So I think I was turning 17 like any day or something or like a month or something. So she called me. I think it was my 17th birthday or like the day after. And she was like, you're 17 now. You can come. Do you want to come for an interview? And I was like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> she must have been hiring. And I think she told me she wrote, she circled it and said call when she's 17. Like she knew. Um, so when she took out, when she was hiring and she took out her applications, she saw the note that said, oh, yeah, this girl was too young. But it looks, she checked the date. Okay, she's 17 now. Let me call her in for an interview and check if she's a fucking idiot or not. <laughs> so I went in and I probably lied. Sorry. <laughs> she. I don't think she listens to my podcast. But I think I told her this anyway, because now we're, we're friends at this point. But because um, I ended up working for her for years. Um, and I still, we still do like occasional weddings together and stuff for makeup. Uh, her name is Kara. I think on Instagram, it's Makeup by Cara. She does Snooki's makeup. You might have seen her. If you're if you're into the beauty industry, you might have seen her because now she's moved on and now she's a celebrity makeup artist. But she, her Instagram, I think, is like Makeup by Cara. She, Cara, she does Snooki, Snooki's makeup. She does the Housewives makeup. Um, I think she, I think I've told her now that I was fucking lying. <laughs> so I think I said... She was, she must have, I remember the interview. I don't remember all the questions. She must have asked me, you know, the typical shit. Like, have you done makeup before? Did you work anywhere before? Obviously no, because I'm 17. Like, (laughs) I didn't work anywhere. I didn't do anything. Um, I did do makeup on my friends though. So I must have exaggerated that and sold it in a way where, where I just bullshitted. I, I don't know. I don't know where I got this gift from, but I have a way of, talking shit. I have a way of talking my way into situations. And that's why this is important. I have a false confidence and a way of talking my way into two situations. I don't know where it comes from. I started really young. Um, I believe the false confidence comes from my mom. <laughs> my mom, we, we practice the art of delusion. She truly believes and always did that I can do anything I put my mind to. She has told me that since I was little. You can do anything you put your mind to. You can do anything you put your mind to. Bitch, I believed it. So when I was like, I want to be a makeup artist, (laughs) there was no doubt in my head. There was no doubt. My mom was like, yeah, like, duh, you can be a makeup artist. (laughs) Not knowing anything about technique, skin tone, skin texture, uh, what's the other stuff? Hygiene, like literally knowing nothing. 
how to build a kit, the history of it, knew absolutely nothing. I was just in the state of mind of, I need a job. I'll figure it out. Like, fuck it. I'll f- I'm, and by this age, by 17, I've already been through so many things. Unfortunately, I've been through a lot of things. So I, I quickly learned that you have to think on your feet. But even when I was in school, I think this might be just a personality trait. I don't know. Because even in school, when I went to fashion industries, high school, I took marketing and, and advertising. I didn't take fashion as in like how to make clothes. I can't, I don't know how to sell a fucking thing or tech, none of that shit. But I know about marketing. And even in marketing, I didn't do my homework. I didn't do any work. But one of, I remember specifically one of our projects was trying to sell an object to the class and you had to put together a whole presentation. Well, bitch, I forgot about that presentation. But I came up with an idea the period before. I think I had lunch before this class. And my idea was, okay, duh, like I'm going to sell the class an iPhone. Like how easy is that? I literally thought of my presentation on the fly. <laughs> I All I did was go to the front of the class because I was never really shy. I don't have an issue public speaking or anything like that or talking to strangers or um, in groups. I don't get uncomfortable in that way. I could really, no amount of people in a room makes me uncomfortable or feel shy. So I had no problem. I just went in front of the class and sold them a sidekick and I got a hundred. I, I totally aced it. And then the teacher asked me like, oh my God, how did you prepare for that? That was fantastic, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I didn't. I thought of it just now. I just figured a sidekick is so good. Like the, the sidekick cell phone. Do you remember? I don't know how old you guys are, but do you remember? The sidekick was fucking awesome. It was an easy sell. Like, what do you mean? I literally looked at her like, what do you mean? This was so easy to figure out. Like you didn't say it couldn't be specific things. I just thought, what does everybody love to do right now? They like to be on their phone. The sidekick was the newest phone out. And I explained to the class why they need it. There's a fucking keypad. You could do pictures. There's aim on it. It's easier to communicate. Like it was a fucking easy. I was literally like, girl, what do you mean? I just thought of it now. This was the easiest project I've ever done. Okay. There's a, I have this theme in my life. (laughs) I'm one of those people that can get by. Even today, I didn't really have an episode prepared, but that doesn't psych me out. It doesn't make me want to give up. It doesn't really discourage me. Other things discourage me, of course, but this doesn't. Coming up with answers, coming up with ideas, coming up with something to say or a way to sell doesn't really hold me back at all. I feel like I'm just like an endless stream of content. I always have something, you know, brewing inside. So starting this job, not being a makeup artist, having no fucking idea, she hired me as, it's called a storefront girl. And you basically just greet clients in the front. Um, and then they trained, she trained me on everything after that. So I did know some makeup skills just from copying, just from looking at images and copying and practicing. I did practice a lot because that was my favorite thing to do was do my own makeup. And I practiced a lot. So obviously at that time, what was it? 2009. Was it 2009? Oh my God, I can't remember. Long time ago, but you know, obviously it wasn't great. <laughs> Definitely wasn't the best makeup artist. Could have been better. But I didn't think of it in that way. I thought of it like, I think I'm good. I must be good. Everyone's telling me they love their makeup. 
I must be good. I wasn't thinking of it as in like, there's somebody better. I didn't compare myself. I literally convinced myself I was the best one. But I think that works. I'm sure everybody else in the room was looking at me like I was fucking delusional. But I think there's something to that because even till today, if you feel that way, it will show. Like, obviously, I'm not the best podcaster. Obviously, there are better podcasts. There's better influencers. But that doesn't matter to me. I'm still going to do this. I'm still doing it. I still think I'm good at it. And I'm sure there's people who think you suck at this and you have the worst podcast and that's fine. But to me, my opinion is what matters and what I want to do matters. And I've always been that way. That's very authentic to me. I I don't know if it's because Cindy taught me, you know, you could do anything you put your mind to. I don't really know. Oh, excuse me. I'm taking an air. I don't really know where this like false confidence. <laughs> I don't know if it's just obnoxious, but I believe that has a lot to do with getting places. So I wanted to include that because this will, it does play into how I even became an influencer. So I worked at Glamour Shots a long time. And when you work there, you pretty much learn how to do everything, which means I learned how to do makeup. I eventually got better at it, but do makeup, do hair, like dry hair styling, um, like curls and stuff, photography, editing photography, posing in photography, all types of photography and all types of makeup because there wasn't one specific demographic. We did makeup on everyone, all skin tones, all skin ages, all skin types, all all occasions, right? So now I had a full resume of every type of makeup you could ever need to do. Um as well as photography. I I'm I was a photographer a long time. I was actually really good at it, by the way. Not just be having false, false confidence. I think I won a few competitions. <laughs> I think I won a few national competitions too. Really good at it. Um, and I could take pictures of anyone. Families, kids, couple photos, wedding, all of it. All the lighting. I know all of those things. Um, backdrop, where to source materials for photography. I just gathered so much from that job. And I loved it. I loved it a lot. It's just, you know, towards the end because of Instagram and iPhones and editing apps, people don't really need a photography studio anymore. And especially for to pay rent in the mall, it was like hard to keep open. So it was kind of dying out anyway. So when I moved on, it was time to move on anyways. But while I was there, you know, you're in your, tw- I'm, I stayed from 17 to like 22. So you're in your, in my twenties, I was, ha- I was making money and I was having fun and I was going through so many things that I didn't really prioritize like college. Like I didn't even do that. I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no idea, bitch. I was not one of those people where I knew what I wanted and had like a game plan since high school. When I went to high school, I thought it would be a designer. And when I got there, I realized being a designer is not for me. I like makeup though, but I didn't know what that meant because I my dream wasn't to freelance forever. My dream wasn't to do weddings or even runway. Like runway is fun and everything, but it's just not what I wanted. And I couldn't figure out what it is. What about makeup did I want to do? So then I was thinking to myself, do I want to get into corporate? Like, do I like product development? Like what part of the beauty industry am I into? 
Like I, I couldn't find what I was supposed to do in that. And I think I was at work one day and somebody mentioned Carly Bybell. And I was like, what's that? Now, I must have been around like 20 or 21 maybe. I wasn't into YouTube either. I worked a lot. And if I wasn't working, I was with my friends. I wasn't really on the internet. We were working and having fun. Like that's a lot of what I remember. I don't remember being heavy on the internet at all. I wasn't watching YouTube videos. I just wasn't that type of person and neither were my friends. We worked a lot. We were concerned about making money and like what's next and not even what's next, but like making money and then having fun. (laughs) We partied a lot. I was out a lot. I drank a lot. Like I even, you know, I was a little bit of an alcoholic around 20. I was like struggling with alcoholism around 18, 19-ish, 20-ish, like around that time. Um, so I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't watching YouTube videos, nothing. Like I didn't even know that world was starting to exist at all. But one of the, our clients, one of our customers at Glamour Shot, she was like, oh my God, you're like Carly Bybell because I was telling her about makeup. That was the only thing that was consistent for me. I loved buying makeup, new stuff. And I just loved it. I think, I think I was on Instagram and looking at beauty photos, but I wasn't like, you know, on YouTube looking at tutorials. I think it was just looking at Instagram makeup videos and like Pinterest and stuff. So I was telling her what to buy. I was like, oh my God, you got to get this highlighter. And a lot of people, because I would go to work dressed up and I would go to work with my makeup done, they would ask me constantly what I'm wearing. So I was really used to recommending all the stuff I was wearing. A lot of times if I would go into work with a certain eye look on, that's the one they would want to wear. They would see me wearing makeup. Oh, I want my makeup like yours. And that that was such a theme when I worked there that I even stopped wearing certain makeup because what I was doing on myself was not was not for everyone. And if people came in and they're not used to wearing makeup and then they wore and then they wanted what I was wearing because maybe I looked pretty that day and then I did it on them, it would be too much on them. So I even toned down what I would wear on myself because my client, I knew my customers would want it. And it was just, you know, I, w- I was just so into makeup and, and trying new stuff and bright lipsticks. And I was definitely in it, but I just didn't know that I was in it. I was just doing my own thing. And that was happening on YouTube as well. So one of our clients said, you're like Carly Bible. You should, why don't you make YouTube videos? If you made YouTube videos, I would watch them because you just taught me so much. Like that's what I found. A lot of our customers, they really wanted to talk to me more. They wanted me to do their makeup outside of Glamour Shots. They wanted me to tell them about stuff, probably because I couldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> they were probably like, I probably sold them in circles. Like I was probably talking them in circles about fucking shit about makeup and highlighter and eyeshadows. And I was probably doing all of that even at work with our, with my coworkers. Like I would buy something and, and like convince everyone we all need it. I would go to a nail salon and convince everyone we all need to go to this nail salon. I was always like this. This is like influencing was, is not unnatural to me. Like even now I feel more uncomfortable with it because everyone thinks I'm just trying to sell someone. Not not you guys. I don't think you guys think I'm always trying to sell something. But that's a common thing now where, oh, they're just pushing it because they make sales. Yes. But 
I've been doing this for so, this is just how I am. If I try something, I'm like, you got to fucking try this. And I'll tell you all the reasons why you got to try it. I just naturally talk too much and sell. Just nat- Some people just have a natural gift of selling shit. I have a natural way of trying to sell people on things. I don't know why. So I looked up Carly Bybell and I saw she made YouTube videos and I thought it was genius. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is exactly what I need to do. And I started working on that right away. I think that Christmas I asked for a camera. I just started trying to figure out how to do that. And I started doing it on my days off. I started, even on the days I worked, I started posting pictures of my makeup. I started doing more pictures of like more creative makeup. And then I think I figured out how to make my first YouTube video. And that's that part. I just decided and then I just started doing it. I didn't think like, oh, this is going to suck. I don't know what to say. I just put the camera on. And I was like, okay, I'm going on a date tonight. I got to do my makeup. So let me do my makeup. That was, that's it. No thoughts, babe. Just, <laughs> just going right into it because that's how I do anything. Anything that I think to myself, this is what I want to do. I just do it. I stopped a couple of years ago because I had to learn boundaries with that as far as you know, you need to have some discernment of like, okay, not everything is for me, babe. Like some of this shit you don't have to do. You could think you want to do it. You don't have to do it. But at the time, this really resonated with me because it's the only thing that made sense. I didn't want to do freelance. I like it. I like doing other people's makeup, but that was never like long-term for me. I never, you know, and I do it now kind of like I'll take clients, you know, maybe once a week or less than that. Because I'm not, it's just not what I always wanted to do. I just like to do people's makeup and it keeps me in practice, you know, and I like talking to people and I like being social. And in the beginning, I did it for money. So now I just have repeat clients. But it's not, that was not like my dream. I didn't want to be like the best influencer and the best um, freelancer in New York or anything like that. I didn't want to do celebrities makeup. I didn't want to do movies. I didn't care about any of that shit. But talking about makeup is what I cared about. I loved it. Talking about the techniques, how I do it, how you need to try this. I, I like giving my opinion on this product. Like I just loved all that. So YouTube and reviewing makeup and doing tutorials just made sense for me. So I hit the ground running. I started uploading videos and then I figured, okay, I need to change my schedule because I need more time to make content, but I work all weekend and I do freelance. And then on my days off, I'm doing stuff with friends and and I have a boyfriend. Like I just knew, okay, I need to make changes if I'm going to take this seriously. Why I thought I would be like a famous influencer, I don't know. But I thought like, I'm Carly Bybell. Like, what the fuck? I'm going to be the next big influencer. Like, I really believed in myself. So I did all the things. I changed my schedule. I got a corporate job. So that way I had weekends free and I can freelance more and make more money and then put more into being a YouTuber and make more content, blah, blah, blah. So I did all the things, okay? And it did work. I don't know if this would work for everyone now, but it did work. Um, I started gaining, I started gaining a following and I started gaining um, popularity and doing, it was 
hard in the beginning. A lot of people bullied me about it. Um, I still don't talk to some family members just by the way that they reacted to me doing social media. I, you know, it wasn't the easiest because it was also really new for New York makeup artists. It was not as new for like LA people, but this was really new for the East Coast because on the East Coast, you can't like you got to hustle. I don't know anyone who can't like work two jobs. Like you got to make money. I didn't come from a wealthy family. I had to support myself like early. Like I had to pay bills. I had, I couldn't just upload. I couldn't just like live at home and not pay anything and not, you know, I had to, I had to make money. So this was like kind of new to the East Coast because we don't get to just like sit at home and record videos. Like we got to fucking work. The rent is high here. <laughs> like mortgages. Like I don't know. I know a couple of people where their parents can help them, but I don't know a lot of people like that. So this was new for everyone around me. Like, what do you mean you're doing social media? People were making fun of me so bad. Like, <laughs> making fun of me. What do you just upload selfies all day? But really, it wasn't about selfies. It, it wasn't that. It was me trying to show my work so brands will notice me and want to work with me. And even then, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know it meant brand deals to promote products. I didn't, I was thinking maybe I can get in with the brands and work for them. And it was a way to get my foot in the door because I didn't have anything else. I went from barely making it out of high school to working at Glamour Shots. Glamour Shots was going downhill just because times were changing. You know, people didn't need photography studios anymore. And not for the rate that we had to charge to pay rent and pay employees and stuff. And now all I have on my resume is Glamour Shots. Like I needed to figure out how to make something of that and quickly. So I also didn't know what that meant. I have no degree. I didn't want to go to college. Nothing else resonated with me. I didn't feel happy doing any of those things. I knew I needed to hustle and I didn't know how to get in the door otherwise. I didn't have a seat at any tables, so I needed to start making some fucking tables, okay? That's, this is what was going through my head. Like, okay, brands are noticing me. I got to keep doing this because it's getting me opportunities. And at the very least, it's getting me more clients. So whatever it's getting me, I need to keep doing it because it's working. So even though these people are making fun of me, they also don't provide anything. They're not giving me any, even family, you're not giving me any resources. You don't have any fucking family businesses. None of you are asking, none of you are offering any fucking help. (laughs) Like no one's offering me a place to stay, money. Like you're just criticizing me. You're not contributing. It's not helpful. So I ignored it. They, I also noticed they weren't in positions where, you don't even know what you're saying. Like none of you went for your dreams. <laughs> like I don't see any of you do anything you dreamed of. You all did the same thing that everybody else did, which is fine. But you you don't you're not really in a position to talk to me about being an entrepreneur. None of you are entrepreneurs. You all just you know went to college and got a job, which again is fine. Okay, I still think that's a very smart thing to do. But people who do that don't really get to speak to entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs can speak to entrepreneurs. Successful ones can criticize the ones who are just starting. And because I figured so much out by just believing in myself, meaning going to fashion high school versus a school on Staten Island, 
go going and getting a job as a makeup artist with no prior experience, like just having that false confidence really reinforced what I needed in my character to continue putting myself out there and essentially embarrassing myself to keep going. And I think if that's why I mentioned it and, and you know, laid out some groundwork for this story <laughs> before actually telling you how I started, because I feel like that's really important. That's an important part of even being an influencer or being on social media. Because I had, like, I feel like it takes certain character and certain experiences to to get you through the hard parts. And I had that early. Uh, at 14, I was going into the city where all my friends were just getting dropped off at their local high school or local Catholic school, whatever. Um, Catholic schools are big on Staten Island, by the way. I got a job where my friends were, like, you know, working at, working as servers and working at the typical 17-year-old jobs. And I was like, no, I'm a fucking makeup artist. Like, <laughs> I have this in my character already. The salesy, you know, false confidence, fucking annoying ass personality. So when people were trying to discourage me from being on social media and making fun of me and sending me nasty DMs, I didn't really care because I was kind of used to that. I was so used to doing things independently and doing things that other people weren't prepared to do or didn't want to do. I was so used to that feeling. So when I started being an influencer, I it felt natural to me. It didn't feel like foreign. I didn't feel ashamed. I didn't feel embarrassed. I just felt like, yeah, no, this is like definitely for me. Like you bitches aren't doing it because it's not for you. I'm the one that's meant to do it. <laughs> and I kept doing that. Now, the way that you would start now is not the way that I had to start then. It's similar, but it was so new then that it wasn't the huge, like it wasn't oversaturated. So I had a leg up in that way. I had an advantage in that way where it was so new that there was a place for me where now so many spots are filled that it is oversaturated and it is a little bit harder to get started, especially if you are not super unique. And I don't mean that in a discouraging way after just telling you that nobody could discourage me. <laughs> like, I get it. I know how hypocritical that sounds, but I'm trying to tell you that it was easier at that time. It was because there wasn't a lot of Staten Island girls trying to do it. There wasn't a lot of New York girls trying to do it. There wasn't a lot of, you know, girls with black hair and thick and green eyes. Like there wasn't a lot of people like me doing it. So I stuck out and I also offered a different perspective on things because I was working from so early where a lot of these YouTubers weren't makeup artists and they weren't working and they weren't hyper independent and they weren't, they didn't go through trauma and stuff. They had a different perspective. They weren't New Yorkers. Like New Yorkers are a little bit harder. They weren't that. Even Carly Bybel, she wasn't, she worked at Glamour Shots too, by the way. But she was still much softer than me. Do you know what I mean? Like they were they were so much, everybody else was so much soft. They were also skinnier. They were also prettier. They were also blonder. Like everybody else was so different from me. So I was able to stick out in that way and offer something a little bit different. And listen, I know I didn't blow up overnight. And I'm still not a top influencer. But now 
I'm part of the community who was there since the beginning. I've been an influencer a long time. So I didn't necessarily go, I get super big and have millions to be able to speak on it, but I have been able to maintain it for a lot of years now. So I do think I have a little bit to add to the conversation and especially as being someone who observes it. Like I'm in this space, even if I'm not, you know, one of the top, I am still here observing the patterns and I'm still involved. And it's much, oh my God, something got in my contact. Hold on. <laughs> and um, it's much different now. I think if you were to start now, you should have some type of game plan of what your, what your intention is. Like, what do you want to do with being an influencer? Do you just want to post and be well-known? Like there's a whole system to it now that I think you can't get away with just posting and seeing what happens. And there's people who you see blow up and you think they're just posting to see like Alex Earl for we can let's use her for an example. People think like she blew up overnight. No, she didn't. She's been posting videos for a long time. And with the videos that she's posting, you can see that she was clearly intending to be an influencer. And she had a purpose. She knew her game plan. And she's also in school for marketing. So some of what she was posting, I believe, had to do with her practicing marketing and things like that in what she learned in school. She's a lot smarter than people think. And being an influencer, I could see the patterns of what she was trying to do from years before she blew up. So even the people that you think blow up overnight, they didn't. They didn't blow up overnight. They had a plan. They were most likely... Uh, planning to do this. They have a clear goal. They have a list of what their priorities are in the space. Like they know what they're doing it for versus people who are just like want to be an influencer because they think you just get paid to look pretty on, on Instagram. And that's just not the case. There are people where they gain some popularity and then they get smart to it and they're able to flip it into something that they can monetize. But then there's people who just post and they get a lot of likes and they get a lot of shares and a lot of views, but they make no money because they don't know what they're doing with the space. You, even though there's, you're, even though there is potential to be very popular or be internet famous, it does not mean it will equal making an income. Like those are two very different things. So there's, and I've spoke about this, I think on here before, like pseudo influencers, which I made up the term. I don't know if it already existed, but I call them pseudo-influencers. And that's, it's like people who post on Instagram or TikTok or whatever as if they're an influencer and they don't know why. I find this a lot. Being an influencer and people asking me like, you know, how do you get started? I want to do this, blah, blah, blah. I find pseudo-influencing to be like a, a thing. And I think people don't realize it. They just want to exist on the internet and get a lot of likes, but for what? And if you ask them, okay, what's your intention? Like, what do you want to do with your platform? They don't have no answers. They just want free stuff, a lot of likes, a high number, and get paid to post. But that's not that's not going to get you anywhere quickly. Like, that's not really it. And I feel like people will also even not realizing they post on Instagram as if they're an influencer and it's not even fun for them. They're like stressed, like, oh, what should I, what should my caption be? Should I pose like this? Like, should I edit this in the light? I already wore this outfit. I already posted in this outfit. 
it's like who cares it's just your instagram like nobody you're not an influencer like who gives a fuck literally enjoy the app because when you're an influencer you do not enjoy these apps (laughs) and we'll get to that but when you're an influencer you no longer enjoy the social media apps sucks the joy right out of it like you don't enjoy shit about taking picture none of it all of that is gone once you're an active influencer like actually monetizing doing it for your job it's completely changes so if you have instagram and you're just enjoying the app and posting pictures to share with your friends enjoy that stop with the pseudo influencing of like oh my gosh should i post this i want to like rebrand my instagram why you're not an influencer the only person looking at your page like that is you no one else is looking at it like that and if you can just post and like have fun do that do that post and have fun post and like post the stuff you like to share who gives a fuck about anything else and if you want to be an influencer it comes with a lot of shadow work unintentionally. It comes with a lot of, you need to have a lot of self-awareness unintentionally. I learned to be very self-aware because I've constantly had to look at what I was doing all the time. My whole job is looking at my image. You become very self-aware and you become very aware of who isn't self-aware. That's why I'm able to notice like the pseudo-influencing thing So if you want to do it as a job, for real, if you have a purpose, if there's a reason you want to, aside from just like getting free stuff, (laughs) make a list of that because you need to know this. Also, followers and people who follow you will notice if you just want to do it because you think you just want free shit. They know. They know. People have gotten very good at figuring out who is full of shit and who isn't. And it's going to be happening more and more. So in the beginning, people knew people knew that, but it, it weeded itself out naturally. So when I started, people just didn't have, it wasn't very comfortable to post on Instagram the way that I was. So a lot of people weren't doing it. So it kind of narrowed itself out anyway. Like if you were posting on Instagram, you really fucking want it. You know what I mean? Whereas now there's so many pseudo influencing where people post and it's like, what are they trying to do? They're trying to be an influencer or are you just like wanting to share all these pictures? Are you trying to make your ex jealous? Like there's so many different intentions and we live on Instagram. We live on the internet. We live on TikTok. We're cyborgs. We live on our phone. We used to log out and we don't log out now. So now it's kind of blended. But when I started it wasn't as blended. It was getting there quickly, but it wasn't as blended. So it was more like, oh, if she's posting, she's for, she's for a serious, like she loves this. You had to love it because I wasn't getting paid yet. I wasn't getting much of anything yet. I was just doing it. <laughs> it was like shame therapy. It was like embarrassment therapy, like to get over it. I don't even know. I was just putting myself out there just to hope something sticks and hopefully make connections with brands so I can get a more adult job. Like I was just trying to meet brands a different way because they weren't hiring me based on my current resume. I had to prove in other ways that I do know about products. Meanwhile, looking back, no, the fuck I didn't. (laughs) Now I do, but I didn't then. I was just trying to see if everything I learned at Glamour Shots can contribute to something other than customer service 
and being a freelance artist or being a photographer because I didn't want to be a photographer anymore. I didn't want to work at a makeup counter. I didn't want to freelance makeup. <clears throat> I wanted a more serious job and I wanted, um, I also wanted something creative in the beauty field. So I was just hoping I could meet brands, you know, because I noticed that they were recognizing people based on getting tags and stuff. And I was like, oh, sick. Like if I could just post my makeup and then get to speak to them, maybe they maybe I can invite myself to like their office and meet them. And, you know, hey, do you have any job openings? Like this is how my brain was working. Also, because at Glamour Shots, I learned sales and I learned how to talk to people and it just enhanced the way I already knew how to talk to people. So I knew that if I could just make a couple of connections, I can get my fucking foot in the door and I'll get a job, baby. Like college for what? <laughs> I also didn't go to beauty school. So I briefly mentioned it before and I didn't want to get too sidetracked. But by the time I got the job at Glamour Shots and I was working there a couple of years, I was hiring, I became like an assistant manager and I was hiring girls who went to beauty school. So to go to beauty school to me just didn't make sense. I also went to, me and my mom went to go check out prices and like we went to MUD. MUD is makeup designery school in the city. It's very well known, but it was like 30 grand. We went to Paul Mitchell and they were saying the makeup program was very small um, it was like only a couple of days and it was 17000 I just remember the prices were just astronomical. They were way more than I had and I wasn't willing to go into debt to go to fucking makeup school when I taught myself so much already. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just not going to go to beauty school. I don't want to cut hair. I don't want to dye hair. I just want to do makeup. And I figured out very early, you do not need makeup school. I think that some people do and I think it can set you up for success. But if you have an entrepreneurial, like driven personality, if you're resourceful, if you're the type of person that can find your way, like have the gall to kind of push through doors and find your way, I don't think you need it. If you suck at it and you really want to get better, maybe school is for you. Like if you're that type of learner, but I wasn't a school person when I had to go. So why the fuck would I sign up for it later? Like, I just didn't have that appreciation to spend money on education at the time. Obviously, now I realize, you know, education is great, but it's also what you make of it. Like, I wasn't, I didn't, I also didn't have the privilege. Like, I don't have that kind of money. My family doesn't have that kind of money. So it was kind of like, we got to take out loans or you just got to figure this shit out. <laughs> so I was like, okay, wait, I'll just figure it out. Like, fuck it. So I had to do everything without going to beauty school. So anyway. I needed to figure out how, what I was going to do because I don't have, I've been a makeup artist for years and I have no certification, didn't go to beauty school, can't work in a salon. Like I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do, but I had to make something out of it, right? And I just felt if something told me that this was going to be it. And it was also something I really liked, but I obviously needed a job at the same time. So I took a corporate job. At, this is when I started Wall Street. Um, which is another thing that I just decided I wanted to do and talked my way into making them hire me to do that too. <laughs> I had no experience, no financial experience aside from like ringing customers up at Glamour Shots. Like I, and I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm dyslexic because I would fuck the numbers up at Glamour Shots all the time. I think Karen noticed. She was like, you're dyslexic as fuck. Like 
<laughs> you fuck all the numbers up. <laughs> I fucked up so many invoices. I fucked up so many accounting sheets. Like, I'm dyslexic, okay? I'll do it in spelling. I'll read things backwards. So I don't know how I got a job on Wall Street in finance, but I did because I talked my way into it and with false confidence. So when I started, basically it was a little bit easier and posting and stuff. It was like the more I posted, the more opportunities I got, the more followers I got, and it was just getting better and better and better. Now I think you need to have a clear intention because people will know. People will know if you're pseudo-influencing. People will know if you have nothing to offer. And that's the other thing. Like, I always felt like I had something to offer and something to say. I felt very confident. And when you say everything with conviction, people feel that. People know that. They, they'll take that from you. They'll know if you're authentic. They'll know if you're full of shit. So if you don't have a clear incentive if you don't know why you're logging on to post every day, they're going to fucking know. And sometimes you can just be like a quiet Instagram model and, you know, post pictures in your outfits and that will work. If you get a lot of, if you have style, that's the other thing too, though. You need, for that, you need to have style. If you're not even styling it right, or if you don't look good doing it, it's not going to work. You know, if you're not, if you're not focused on getting your lighting better, getting the poses better, editing better, not going to work. If you're not consistent, if you're not, you know, working on styling your outfits nice. If you're not getting the best outfits or the newest bag, it's not going to work. So no matter what, even the people who make it look very easy to you, there's still some, there's still, there's still more to it. There's still some focus that's got to go into it. It's really not, it's easy. Like there's a lot of TikTokers who will just post a video and they'll blow up and stuff, but it's if they can maintain maintain it. And if they're maintaining it, it means they're planning something behind the scenes. It's never as easy as it looks. Even me with the podcast, like, yes, I just plug in my fucking microphone and post an episode. But I do know what I'm doing behind the scenes. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know how to market stuff and I know how to talk, to, especially now being an influencer for so long. I do kind of know what I have to do next and what I have to do to make it better. Whether I do them or not is a different conversation, but <laughs> but I do know some things. It's never as easy as it looks. It's never as simple as like posting a selfie, especially if you work with brands. Um, so anyway, I started getting PR and, uh, you know, one thing led to another and now, now I guess I'm a professional content creator and it led to other things. I was right. I became a consultant as well. So if you didn't know, I do brand consulting. I think I mentioned this. It led to brand consulting just because I know so much about the beauty industry now. It just led to so many different opportunities. I became a cover girl. I became a NYX Cosmetics uh, Global Ambassador. So now I had, it did open the door for me to things that I would have never have had access to if I didn't try so hard and put so much time and energy and try to be like a really professional influencer from the beginning, even from the beginning, because I knew about contracts and I knew about sales and I knew how to be professional and I knew how to have professional work conversations. I knew how to have professional emails and stuff from Glamour Shots, from working in finance. I knew those things. So when brands would approach me, I had a professional response and I knew how to approach situations where I think maybe other, I don't really know, but maybe other people didn't. I know some PR girls have told me that. They're like, you're just like way more professional than 
this in the beginning. Now I'm probably less professional. <laughs> now, now I'm friends with a lot of, of the PR girls and I'll just send back whatever, like, because I've just been doing it so long. But in the beginning, I really, really, really made sure that I had everything, you know, doing everything the best that I could possibly do. Um, yeah, so it just changed a lot that I think if you start now, you have to have a clear message and you also have to be very consistent and you have to decide everything, your branding, and you have to be way more real. You know, nobody likes the super orchestrated shit anymore and the super posed and glamorous and retouched. Now everything is more real, which leans in my favor, by the way, because the whole time I've always been like this. I've always been very raw. Um, I've always retouched my photos, but that doesn't come from Instagram that came from glamour shots because there was like an art to it to me like taking selfies self portraits editing them that to me is fun I've been doing it for years that's my background so that for me has always just been very natural before facetune I was using photoshop because I knew how to use photoshop so I knew how to use cameras I knew how to use photoshop I just liked doing it so I also provided content for brands that was very professional where other people didn't know how to edit their photos yet, you know? So I had little advantages that took place. Now, a lot of people have access to this information. Now I'm just a dime a dozen. Like, <laughs> now there are so many people like me doing way better, doing it better, where the only thing I really have is just experience in the in the space where so many of you now can do the same things, you know? Which is good. I don't, you know, it's not a big deal. Um... To get on PR now, okay, when I started, they emailed me, basically. So when I started and I was gaining followers and tagging these brands, all you had to do was like buy a product, use it, post a pretty picture that you used it, tag them, they went to your Instagram, they liked what you posted, so they emailed you and said, hey, Tina, like I your Instagram is so pretty, you're so beautiful, oh my God, can we send you product? Hell yeah. And then you send back with your address. And then you keep a, a relationship with them. So after they send you PR, you share, oh my God, Anastasia Beverly Hills sent me PR. Look, 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 look. You use the PR. So you're posting more for them. Um, well, ABH doesn't really pay influencers. That's a whole different conversation. But that's how you get a relationship with the brand. And then that's how you meet PR people. And then those PR people, when they go to different companies, they have their list of influencers they like, and they send you PR from different brands. But basically the way they noticed me then was I posted in their products or they noticed I was posting other brands. So like Anastasia Reveille Hills, I was posting their products. Benefit noticed that. Well, we want you to post in our products. Like all your followers are seeing that you love this are you going to love this? Like, let, let's send her free stuff. I would share that. So then my following would see Benefit has a new mascara out. Do you know what I mean? So I was starting, they were, brands noticed the same time that influencers did that like, oh shit, this is lucrative for us to have a relationship. And it grew like that. So when I started, they would just email me. I didn't have to email anyone. I didn't have to look for any emails. I didn't have to DM anybody. They would just email me because it was all happening in the beginning. Now, you're going to have to look for that email. You're going to have to fucking DM. You're going to have to email a bunch of times because they're oversaturated. Everybody's emailing them. Some brands still reach out to me, so I don't know 
it probably still happens that way. Like if you're posting and you have good content, they're going to still reach out to you. Um, they're going to reach out to you. You don't have to reach out to them. They still reach out to me. I don't know. I don't know if it's something I'm doing because I barely fucking post. Though. Like I'm the worst influencer ever at this point, but I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's YouTube. I don't know if it's TikTok. They don't really tell me. I'll just still get emails of like, hey, Tina, like we love your content. Can we send you this? At this point, it could just be word of mouth and like TikTok videos and um, just knowing me for a long time because I've just been doing it for so long or maybe they do notice my Instagram. I don't really know, but it's. I think if you're just starting, you need to email and you gotta, you gotta figure out a way to get ahead of the game. You gotta email these brands. You gotta be professional and you gotta basically sell them on why you deserve their PR versus the millions of other girls who are also trying to do this. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, there's so much competition now. The good thing is the more authentic you are and if you have something unique to offer, like maybe if you, I'm talking about the beauty space, but no matter what it is, as far as an influencer, if you're really good at something or if you have a story to tell or if you feel like how I felt, like I was convinced I had something to provide and still do. You still, I'm 31 and I'm still doing this because I'm still convinced I have something to give. You can't, I can't be discouraged out of it. <laughs> I've lost followers. I don't get the same views and likes as I used to because just social media changed so much at this point. But you can't convince me to not do it at this, especially with how my life has gone. I've learned so much since I started. I've been through so much since I started. I definitely have something to provide now more than ever. You can't discourage me out of it now. So if you feel how I did and still do, then not, nobody can convince you to not post and not make it a career. Nobody can convince you of that because I couldn't be convinced. Whether or not it's true, like maybe I have nothing to offer. Maybe everything I do is boring. Maybe I'm the worst influencer. I don't know but you can't convince me of it. So if you're that headstrong on doing it, by all means, keep on going. Do you know what I mean? You don't, the thing is you're, you don't need encouragement and you're not gonna get it, especially now. And it's, you're not always gonna get paid and you're gonna need that sense of like, no, I have a purpose because it's going to get really fucking hard, okay? <laughs> it's not easy. I didn't even talk to you about how hard it can get because in the beginning it was very easy and now it's a little bit easier um but when shit gets hard it's hard you know people being able to live off of being an influencer alone with no other job is very rare and the girls who make it seem like it's not they're lying babe people lie people lie there's a lot of influencers who do stuff on the side but they don't want to make it seem that way so They'll just tell you, no, I'm an influencer full time. No, the fuck they're not. I was always open that I had a job. I, I was like, yeah, ain't no way I could fucking be an influencer full time. I live in New York City. I have to pay fucking rent. I take care of myself. Like, I can't fucking do this full time. Is it a great extra check? For sure. I definitely had more than my friends because I was doing so much. I always worked two to three jobs. Influencers, Influencing was one of them freelancing and a full-time job. So I was miserable and didn't really have a life, but <laughs> I had to, I had to. So the extra checks were great, but 
I, it's just not attain. It's just not like unless you Carly Bible is a unique one YouTuber, you know, like she made millions and was super smart and was able to monetize it really well. I didn't have, she was also able, like her mom was helping her and stuff. I, I didn't have that opportunity. I couldn't stay home and just focus on doing social media. So I could only do it when I wasn't at my full-time job and it became a lot, okay? So that's a different conversation. <laughs> but when it's hard, you need that confidence and you need that drive to carry you because you'll want to give up. And if you can give up that easy, it's 100% not for you because it's other stuff too, like getting bullied, internet bullies, people finding your number, doxing where you live, safety, all different types of shit, shit that you just don't expect. You have to be made for it. Personally, I'm definitely made for it. I might be a private person, but I don't really get too shy. I don't uh, I don't know how to explain it, but I could definitely handle what comes with being an influencer, whether it's like if say the podcast goes the way I want it to and there's I have way more of a following, I'm fine with that. Like that's not really going to change anything about me or, or make me feel intimidated. Whereas, um, you know, some people get freaked out or, or want to give up when it gets really hard or they like doubt their own abilities. And I'm really lucky because now I do doubt. I don't want you to think like I just feel confident all the time. No, no, no. I used to, <laughs> but life has humbled me down, okay? Where now I do have a lot of self-doubts and I think it's just things that happened on the way that convinced me of stuff, you know, and I'm working on it. Maybe I'll get to a place where I'm back to that super confident person that I was, but um, you're going to need that. Even if you don't feel confident, you still need to know that you still need to have faith in your purpose. Like if you really have faith in what your purpose is, you will keep going. But if you don't know, if I ask you like, okay, why do you want to be an influencer? And your answer is like, well, I want free stuff. Let it go. (laughs) Go find something else to do. Because that's just, it's never going to work. Brands are going to know that you just want free stuff. They're going to know that. Let me check if there's any more questions. As far as getting brand deals, again, when I started, they emailed me like becoming a cover girl. They reached out to me, becoming a NYX global ambassador. They reached out to me. I didn't have a talent manager. I didn't have an agent. I don't have one now either. I had one for a brief period of time, but that didn't go well. Um, I, they reached out to me. Those were opportunities that came my way. I didn't email anyone. I didn't ask for any brand deals. That's only in the last, like, since the pandemic that I've ever reached out and started to pitch myself because you have to. Like, it's oversaturated. They're not even going to see you if you don't make yourself known. Um, But when I was starting, they would reach out to me. So that's just how it goes. Like, it's if you want brand deals, you have to have a portfolio and you have to pitch to the brand why they should work for you and why they should pay to work with you. Okay, because they'll you do it for free. They'll send you shit and you can post for free and you can call it a brand deal if you want, but it's not. It's a really exploitation. But if you want them to pay you a reasonable rate, reasonable, you have to show them why because it's oversaturated. There's tons of people doing it for free, doing it for free products. Why would they pay you? So you have to offer something. You have to know the business side of it and 
pitch that. And the reason you have to pitch now, like why you have to reach out to brands is because there's just so many. Like a brand, they'll find their people and they'll find people they like. It's usually like a PR representative. Um, she'll scroll and look for people or whatever, but there's just so many options now that they might not even see you, right? So if you wanna be seen and you really want those deals, you're gonna have to make sure that they see you. Um, and then, and if they like you, they'll work with you. And if they wanna send you PR, they will. But that's really how it is. It's just, you know, how professional you are, how you're putting yourself out there. Just like any other job though, I mean, it's more like a talent-based job though. So at this point, it's like wanting to be in the music industry, right? Like it's all talent-based. You could fail easily. You can go broke easily. You know, it could lead to nothing. It expires. I mean, long-term, I'm not gonna be an influencer forever. You have to be smart about what you do with your money. If you are making money and you have to have long-term goals. If you don't know, like if you're like, well, I don't know, I just wanna try it it's not the industry it used to be like it's not you have to you have to have a game plan going in i think or you're going to be really disappointed it's going to get exhausting and it's going to get frustrating and it's going to take a toll on you so i would go in with some really realistic expectations and know what you're looking to provide do i have any questions let me check let me check the main question is like how do you get free stuff <laughs> That's always the question, like, how do you get free things? That's it. I told you how. They'll, if they notice you, they'll they'll want to give it to you. They'll want you to use it. They'll want you to talk about it. And if they don't notice you, but you really want to work with a brand, you I would say use their product, post about it, have a good portfolio. Portfolio meaning Instagram and TikTok, you know, YouTube channel. Have a good portfolio. And then you reach out. And you keep reaching out. <laughs> you got to stalk them. Just like applying for a job. If you really want a job and they deny you the first time, what does that mean? You go apply again. You know what I mean? Like, you got to keep trying. You can't give up. That's really how it goes. You know, it's just like other jobs. It's just not hard. That's all. It takes up a lot of time. But it's not hard. It's not a hard job. Remember Michaela was like talking about how hard she works. <laughs> It is. It takes up a lot of time. I mean, even the podcast, I can't film every single time I record because it just takes so much time to fucking edit and stuff and have a life and main maintain an income. Like, it's just not that easy, but it's not like being a nurse, you know? It's not like having an actually hard job. Um, And someone asked me, do you think it's still worth being, like being an influencer? I don't know. I think, like I said, I think if you have a message, if you have something that will contribute to society, yes. If you can handle a lot of criticism, a lot of bullying, a lot of discouragement, yes. If you have an end goal, like if you have a brand that you're going to launch, a business you want to launch um, eventually to deal with long term, do and becoming an influencer first is a very good idea, you know? So there's, if you want to be a musician, becoming an influencer first is a very good idea. If you want to model, all of these things. But if you just think that you're just going to get free stuff, you're not. They send free stuff, but they send free stuff to people who are going to post it for free, which is exploitation. 
they send free stuff, but they send free stuff to people who provide good content and recommend it to their followers or just because they like you. Like PR can be a very um, clicky thing as well. You can get on PR list just because you know someone, you know, there's a lot to it. But the main idea is you need to have a purpose and you need to know it when someone asks you. You need to know what you're contributing. You need to know why you're still doing it. You need to know all of those answers. You gotta, you have to figure out when I, if you come to me, like I want to be an influencer, how do you get started? I'm going to ask you, well, what is your intention? Like, what is your, for what? What are you influencing? What are you influencing people to do? Like, what are you providing to them? Because if you're not providing anything, if you're not teaching them anything, if you're not sharing a story, if you're not making people feel good, then what do you think you're doing? You think they just want to look at your face? <laughs> no one follow. listen to me, no one follows me because of what I look like. That's not it. For girls who do OnlyFans and stuff like that, that is their job. But for my type of influencing, even in beauty, people followed me because I was providing education on things and I was providing real reviews. And even now with the podcast, I'm providing companionship. I'm providing a safe space. I'm providing education based on life. I have a purpose here. I've been doing it for a long time and I still talk about beauty. I still review beauty products. I still create beauty content. I'm still good at what I do. I still provide high quality content. Like I can answer all those questions. You gotta be able to answer those questions. And I'm not questioning you as if like, no, you don't have a space here. I'm just telling you, followers will know. They'll stick with you if they trust you. They'll stick with you if you feel authentic to them. They'll stick with you if they can resonate with you. You know, they'll know these things. So you have to pre- you have to be able to back it up. You can't just go on there and be like, well, <laughs> you got to be able to have these answers, okay? But there's a lot of good things too. I'm making it sound like it can get dark. It, and it can. But like I said, it opens a lot of doors um, to things that I wouldn't have been, wouldn't have had access to any other way. And it taught me a lot. I saw a TikTok recently that they said, if you need to get over a public speaking and if you need to get past feeling embarrassing, embarrassment, be an influencer. And they are so right. <laughs> like if you want to be better at something, being an influencer will teach you that. I think uploading videos and hearing myself and editing and all of those things really had me look at myself. And now that can go down a, a dark path as well because you start tearing yourself apart. But it really helped me talk to all even more people. It helped me with a lot of different things about how I come across and just a lot of self-awareness. So if you're in need of that too, then by all means, but it will teach you a lot of stuff because it takes a lot of self-awareness. Do you hear my voice giving out? Because I'm <laughs> I'm talking too long. I got to go eat something too. Um, anyway, like I said, I don't know if this was the best episode because I didn't really have a game plan. I was just kind of rambling off about how I started and whatever. But I feel like my main point was you have to know. You have to know. Okay. You have to have it in you. You just have to have that. And it doesn't even have to just be for influencing. If you want to take this as uh, a piece of advice to anything you want to do in your career, you have to have that in you where no one can talk you out of it. Like at this 
point right now, no one can talk me out of my podcast. We could fight. Like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. If two people are listening to it, you can't talk me out of this. It feels so real to me. I feel like I have a real message to put out there. I have a real purpose doing this. You can't talk me out of it. And it, and that's how you should be about anything that you want to do. Whether it's medical, uh, being an attorney, anything you want to do in your life. You got to feel it to a point where no one can talk you out of it and keep going because it'll get fucking hard. No, nobody's path is going to be the easiest unless they're like a Nepo baby, <laughs> unless they come from a very rich family. All right. I have to go eat guys. Let me know what you think. Um, I'll prepare better for the next episode. Okay. I'm going to go have avocado toast. Um, all right. I'll see you next week. I love you guys. Stay well.